Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Not Your Average Netizens. This is Ash and I am joined for this recording by my two lovely co-podcasters, Jimin. Hi guys. And Nat. Hi. We're coming to you for our second straight episode, straight from the quarantine. And you guys are hopefully still washing your hands, are still staying safe, and hopefully still listening to our podcast. And we have a pretty packed podcast for you today. Um, We're talking about all manner of things going on in the K-pop world. And as always, I want to start off with what we have been listening to. Uh, I've been listening to everything, like everything. Like I've been listening to a lot of Dreamcatcher. <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of Lifehouse, actually. Very randomly strange. Um, I've been listening to some Kevin Gratt, obviously, because I always listen to him. And also Marina and the Diamonds, or just Marina now. And in terms of K-pop, I've actually just been listening to uh, Dreamcatcher, and I have been kind of listening to some BTS through the mashup. And I did go back to Louder Than Bombs, and um, there was another song that I was listening to. Well, besides my time um, from that I was album. about to say. <laughs> yeah, no, besides my time from that album, there was something else that I was listening to. Oh, We Are Bulletproof. Filter? Oh, oh I think it's because I like the chorus part. Like, like with Louder Than Bombs, like, you know, like, I really like that part of the song. I'm not really a huge fan of everything else, but I really like that oh, part of it. Wow. Um, and the same thing with the, we are, we are, we are, we are, like, I actually kind of like that part, like the melody on it. Um, <laughs> and I, I think if pretty much my, my dream would be for them to match that with another song. So you get the best of both worlds, like you do with the um, Dreamcatcher, BTS, Letter Than Bombs in the Frozen kind of mix. Um, and yeah, I've been listening to those things mostly. And also just like Kelly Clarkson, um, Florence and the Machine, Rihanna, uh, Jose, uh, Keen, the XX, and a say Like I've, I actually just made like a, big playlist and i've been listening to that most of the time <laughs> and it has all these random music from like different eras and like the whispers and like all this random stuff so i have kind of been all over the place now that i'm like at home pretty much <laughs> not doing it like working but outside of that not really doing much else so i have time to sort of like get more into music and feelings and being creative and stuff like that so that is what i've been listening to what about you guys um so I have been listening to a uh, lot, a lot, a lot of my time. <laughs> um, but in general, I started to rediscover like why I really liked Paramore. And I've been listening to so much Paramore, especially they have a song called Last Hope. And it is very, very like uplifting. I really love songs like that i don't know even though sometimes i feel like i have to be in sad (laughs) to really really like you know feel it um or to really honestly enjoy it i have to be sad but i really like like that song um their entire after laughter album honestly like i've just been you know listening to a lot of tracks off of that um for those of you who are not familiar with paramore 
After Laughter came out in 2017. I would advise you to take a listen to it. It's pretty good. Um, and for those of you who already like Paramore, you know, it's our, it's our, that's our group. You know, we love Param- Paramore. Um, but Wait, Ash. Ash. Um, <laughs> I listened to some Wonder Girls reboot and Why So Lonely? Why Am I Lonely? And I've been going through a lot of my playlists. So stuff by like groups that aren't even like active now, like In Black, Orange Caramel, way old stuff that I can't even like probably stuff that like maybe Jimin doesn't even remember. Um, but it's been good going back through it and list hearing some like old gems I haven't listened to in a while. That and some little mix who came out with their new single recently. So I've been listening to that. So yeah, that's it for me. And what about we listened to or watched, I should say, some MVs recently. So we saw some of these comebacks and debuts for March and April, like Suho, um, K Tiger Zero, Kong Daniel, Ong Sungwoo, Stray Kids. There are comebacks set for April. Uh, winner, we did see their newest um, MV for Hold. We'll be talking about them later. Alexa is has um, some new material coming out this month. Changmin. Silent G Idol, A Pink, SF9, and Monster X. Yeah. Um, I want to say, in terms of comebacks that we didn't actually discuss, with um, Songu, he's I think he's the one from 101. It's really interesting because I was looking at the charts or whatever, and he's right now, he's like second behind, of course, Kong Daniel, but he's not. It's not like he's performing like really, really, really incredibly for him to have been for 101. So that's really interesting. Um, and in terms of like the April comebacks, I honestly did not think Alexa would <laughs> would make it to a second comeback. Or is this her second? Did she debut last year or the year before? I could have sworn she had like another song. I think she's she- had two singles. <laughs> okay, okay, wow. I mean, I she definitely lasted... Either way, I feel like she definitely lasted longer than I like expected. I'm kind of shocked because <laughs> um, I did not like her that one track we listened to, and I believe that was her debut. It was not good. Yeah, but remember, she is backed by like a production company, so oh, they always yeah. have money coming in, so they don't really need like her to make that much money. I mean, they just need her to make some money. I guess is kind of the idea. Yeah, and um, yeah, so. Let's see. So, no, this would be her second single because she debuted October 21st, 2019 with Bomb. And so Mm -hmm. this would be her second single. But remember, she was like all over the place. Like she had different covers, different dance versions, like like on Amona. I feel like almost every day there was like a different thing that she was putting out. So they've been really pushing her really hard. And so that's why she's still here Mm -hmm. because they're kind of trying to push her down everybody's throat. (laughs) 
I mean, are you guys anticipating her comeback given what we saw last year and given the fact that she's being pushed? I don't even remember what I saw from her last year. Yeah, I don't know who she is, so it is what it is. (laughs) Matt gives me her entire history. Also, Matt, I don't know. (laughs) Well, it's because I just Googled her, you know. Let me tell you, this is not sponsored by K-pop profiles, but they do good work, okay? Uh, now, uh, but, any yeah. thoughts about any of the um, April comebacks now or Ash, you know, Idol and Winner, A Pink, Monsta X? I'm excited Ooh, about Monsta X. Monsta X and A Pink. Those are the only ones that I'm really interested in listening to. Though yeah. the Monsta X release is going to be the Korean one, so probably not going to mm, like that. Yeah, it might be a yeah. yeah, it might be a pass. But A Pink, I'm definitely excited for. I haven't seen the girls in a while. Don't, outside of, I think the last time they were really in the news is when they got disrespected at like the end of year shows or something like that. So, oh yeah! I mean, hopefully that translates into people actually, you know, streaming the music. We'll see. Uh, Listen to our um, episodes from the end of the year last year to catch yeah. more information yeah. on what happened with Apex. So exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, all right. Nothing for I. Yeah. I guess you don't see it for Idol. That's fair enough. I don't see it for Idol either. There. I have never liked their music. You, I, I mean, Han was kind of cute to me, but I, I feel like they started <laughs> off so strong and they've just like, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what, well, considering what's going on at Cube, maybe they don't know what they're doing either. So, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's the case. Like, La Tata was such a good, strong single that everything they've dropped since then has just been a poor imitation of it or just crap. Like, what did they drop last year? Right. <laughs> All I remember hey. is that Spanish horn. Song. Oh, they dropped that one when they were supposed to be. Um, it was like yeah. it, it was really strange. It was weird. Yeah, I remember. It was not. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get started on our topics. S. Well, not SM. Super M. Sorry, I was about to say SM. Super M. Is going Honestly, to be, it's really the same thing. It <laughs> is. Super M from SM is appearing on Nickelodeon's reboot of all that on April 4th. Apparently, they will be musical guests and they will also have a comedy sketch that they will be appearing in. Yeah, no, this is super cool. Um, I agree with ash that this is will never be able to um be all that maybe that's my nostalgia maybe i'm you know biased but with that being said it is pretty cool to see a k-pop group getting tv time that's not like a late night talk show for aimed towards an audience that they would never grasp anyway i mean i not to be that person but it's just in my opinion a lot of people that watch late night shows would not be the same demographic that would be into K-pop necessarily. Not saying that you can't be, you know, 60, 70 years old, you know, rocking it out to Super M. Just that it's not, I feel like there's more barriers to entry. That's not to say that Super M, you know, hasn't done, you know, those types of shows and hasn't succeeded. It's just that it's good to see them marketing towards an audience that's more realistic to me um because in my opinion the people who are watching this rebooting all that it's you know probably people who watch nickelodeon like for 
other shows as well. Does that make sense? It's not just like, you know, it's not like us who are, we're not going back to Nickelodeon for nostalgia. I mean, I love SpongeBob, but I honestly can, I don't watch a lot of Nickelodeon. So the people who are going to be watching this are going to be the probably younger teens who I think super in or SN or just K-pop in general will have an easier time appealing to. Um, so yeah, it's super cool. It, it reminds me a little bit of Monster X's move, even though I thought Monster X's move was more creative. I think that Super M's move makes more sense in terms of like getting people to, I mean, they didn't, they're going to be doing a performance. It's, it's supposed to come out April 4th. Um, and they're supposed to not only be featured in a little skit, but also do a performance. So that'd be really cool to see. Um, Nat, do you have any thoughts on it? Yeah, it is kind of interesting to see them, you know, take a different sort of route because, you know, we've seen them all in every single late night show uh, and morning show. So this is something that's different. It's, I don't know if you remember when all that aired initially, they had like a lot of like adult artists. So I think this is actually like a really good move in the vein of that. I mean, I haven't watched the new all that to know what the vibe is, but in terms of- I got of the, the vibe, vibe that it was more youthful than our all that. It was, uh, I mean, okay. don't get me wrong. I could be very wrong. I only saw like clips, but just from the clips I saw, it did give me the vibe that it was a little bit more aimed towards a slightly younger audience than our okay. all that. Okay. Cause I remember them having some like pretty ratchet like performance <laughs> on the old all that. And I was like, um, <laughs> this is like a good show, but you know, Nickelodeon, whatever. Uh, I would, the skit is kind of interesting. I don't know if you guys saw this, the, the video of parts of the skit. Mm-hmm. It's basically like super M, like, okay, so I guess these girls are like talking about K-pop or super M or something like that. And the black girl's like, oh, well, you know, you guys have these things. This is what I have. And she opens the door and it's super M. And the, the guys are like um, looking at like their table and they're like, uh, that's my watch. That's my shirt. These are all of our things. And the, one of the jokes is like, oh, I definitely didn't get that from your tour bus while you were in the shower like it's kind of problematic like honestly like this is not really the behavior that we should be um joking about because oh you mean like the obsessive fan culture yeah because that actually happened to super m remember last year when they were touring they had girls recording themselves on their tour buses while really i don't remember this yes yes it was a thing um and so it was kind of weird that they would put this in, in poor taste skit. yeah yeah well like, you know what those types of shows are known for stuff like that because even snl made the, like jokes about that when they had k-pop artists on yeah no absolutely and snl korea is very much like that so um i mean i get it but it was just kind of like a weird like thing and i guess and then mark does this whole thing like oh well there are fans we should just you know do what they want oh, to make them yeah, happy kind i do of remember thing. that yeah. and i was like uh bruh like yeah that was, I, that was a poor <laughs> move on the writer's part the writers yes. of all that that's a that's a low-hanging fruit type yeah. of joke you know do less and then on top of that Tian Timon, sorry can't like he can't keep a straight face it's really funny i know he was him, laughing the whole time watching him out of everybody because at least they're trying he's just like right like there's a part with him and bakyan are supposed to be like arguing and he's smiling the whole time and Bekyon's trying to he's trying to get into the scene you know like he's trying right. to do it and like, just glad to be here honestly i i will be well with you besides like the actual storyline i did think it was cute 
I, I really did. No, I, I smiled the whole cute. time. I the thought whole, that they were adorable. Yeah, no, <laughs> like the whole interaction was adorable. And I liked it. And I do like seeing them do these things. It's just the, the, the actual story. content was like, right. ooh, problematic. Right. But if we could have uh, had a different little, you know, joke as be yeah. the punchline. I think it would have been perfect because it was just cute. It was adorable. <laughs> like, I don't know. It made me fans of them. It made me like them. Yes. So. Ash? Okay, interesting. So you saw the you saw the skit already? Or was it just like Yeah. I don't know how it already got out because it's not supposed to come out to April 4th, if I'm not mistaken. But uh Nickelodeon actually really posted it. Yeah. Like okay. they, but not the whole thing. It was like maybe a minute or something of it. So I don't know if there's more of it that isn't on like you have to wait to see along um, with their performance. So. Yeah, I didn't see their performance. I just saw like I saw like when the girl is talking to her friend and then she has them come in and then up until the point where Mark, Mark is like, there are fans. And so we have to like keep them all or whatever. Oh, so, okay. I guess that was just like the little clip then. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, on to a topic that is pretty big right now in Korea. And it's as big as the coronavirus. Um, me be even bigger at this point um and that is of the and am i saying this right is the telegram nth room yes nth. okay so the whole trading story is about the telegram nth room case and it basically involves blackmail sexual exploitation and simply put sexual assault of women and children so it made mainstream news recently after uh, individual was connected to the operation was arrested. Um, Cho Jubin. So after Cho Jubin was arrested for sexually exploiting 74 victims, 16 of whom were children, um, police say the scheme started when the with the operators tricking the women into sending nudes for money, which they would then sell illegally to an extensive network of chat rooms and follow up by blackmailing the victims in order to keep the content coming. And it, it is believed that the leaking of private information to some users led to victims being sexually assaulted, um, perhaps as a part of forcing them to comply with their demands. And it's thought that there are over 200,000 people that were using those chat rooms. And the police have apprehended around 13 or so of these alleged accomplices of Cho. Um, And they're also tracking users of the chat chat rooms and trying to bring charges against them. But there are currently petitions going around to reveal the suspect's full identity and to reveal the users of the chat rooms. Uh, when this whole thing started coming out, one of the one major issue, of course, was people were saying, well, there are so many people using these chat rooms and a lot of these people were very rich because they would be selling this 
this material, these videos, these pictures, these things for large sums of money that only wealthy people could afford. So, you know, they're thinking that a lot of the people that are using these things are, you know, government people, people in high positions and celebrities. So there are people, there's no, you know, there's, there's no evidence that any body in the idol industry is involved, but there were already, there was already rumors going around that, you know, if these users were to, user list was to get out, that people would expect to see the names of at least some well-known celebrities among the names of these users. So uh, another uh, situation as far as the idols are concerned and how they're connected to this case. Um, police have found text in Cho Jubin's telegram chat rooms during investigation that proved that he ordered uh, hidden cameras installed in a pink bomby in actress Shin Se-kyun's rooms. Um, this goes back to an incident back in 2018, I believe, where they found out that there was hidden camera equipment in their dressing rooms while they were filming a show overseas. And it was put in there by a staff, um, by, and that staff was sentenced to one and a half years in prison. And according to the chat room, Cho Ju-bin, who was nicknamed Doctor in the chat room, said that, um, he says there are many celebrity hidden cameras. A staff member got caught installing a hidden camera at Bami and Shinsei Kim's rooms, but it was us that paid for it. We hadn't done it before, so that's why we got caught. It's because we didn't know how to do it right. So he's, this whole thing is obviously far reaching. It's really crazy to think about the magnitude of just, how many people were accessing these rooms. And if you, you know, there's a lot more um, reporting that's been done, um, Korean reporting that's been translated as far as what the type of material that was, you know, traded in these chat rooms and what was done to blackmail these victims. And it's really, really disturbing, gruesome stuff. Um, just really disgusting. Um, and the fact that there are so many people, um, I mean, that's quite, you know, over, you know, 200,000. I mean, it's just crazy. And I hope that they sincerely, I mean, I don't know how I feel about releasing the names of the users of the chat rooms you know there is i guess a feeling that if these people don't face any penalties for what they did then this type of thing will continue to occur and you know i i mean if it were to happen then it would just happen. I mean, after reading some of the stuff that 
that these people, you know, did and, you know, participated in, I have to say, I really wouldn't feel any type of way if these people were to be, if their names were to, to be released and it was known that, you know, whoever it might be, that, that they were a part of it. So it's obviously, you know, another sign of the issues that, you know, that South Korea has with sexual crimes and crimes against women and, and just the issues that they have and how deep it runs. What do you guys feelings about this? Yeah, so when I first saw this story, it was at the very beginning stages of the story's development. And I was just so sickened. Like, I was literally so grossed out. I, I it, It's something that, you know, hopefully for anyone out there, you know, you know, just to I know we kind of already discussed it, but just to give a trigger warning, it, it involves a lot, lots of sensitive sort of you know topics and things like that and it's just it's just hard to really even conceive of something like this and because it is at such a large scale and we're just now hearing about it it does make me believe that there are government officials involved i mean how it is not i don't see how this would be hidden in the way that it had been if there were not powerful people actively involved in it so you know i we, you know as soon as we can figure out who's involved expose them and of course there's you know there's most likely so some celebrities involved i mean i would not doubt that these people need to be exposed and then and they there needs to be something happening so I, I really agree with you, Ash, with you saying you would not be opposed to, you know, them being exposed. Yes, they need to be exposed and they need to be served, you know, go through the justice system the same way everybody else has to. Um, I feel like people like that are really sick. People like that. I feel like you don't deserve rights. To, and that's just in my honest opinion. I think that if you do anything like that, especially because there are I have no words in the types of things that they are, you know, doing to these women and these children. I don't even understand how a human being could think of something like that. So honestly, I just don't even know what to say. And I know it's a developing story and I hope that these sick and disgusting human beings are really brought to justice. Nat? So really Okay, I don't know. I don't actually even care how it comes across, but electric chair for everybody involved. Because I don't see any sort of form of rehabilitation. I mean, this would have continued forever if they didn't get caught. So electric chair for everybody. I don't think they deserve to breathe the same air as the rest of us. Because you're right. It is a it's 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 not just, you know, the eject words. <laughs> it's not just like this whole disgusting assaults and sort of um just i don't even know like i'm so upset just actually listening to this story is making me very very upset it reminds me of i think last year there was this big pedophilia ring that they they discovered as well that had started or, or like the owner of it or the guy who was running it was also korean as well 
Um, and just like going to Korea and like being like, oh, well, you can't use public bathrooms because you don't know if there's cameras in there. And it's like, there is this really disgusting and sick sort of entitlement to women and to bodies that arouse men, not just obviously in Korea and like Japan and obviously in other parts of the world, but the way that it's done and it manifests in Korea, especially is just like, I guess because of the whole technology aspect and the fact that they do go far above and beyond technologically speaking in, in the ways that they do things. Um, maybe that's why it's just so sinister. I think the fact that like, you know, you're at a museum and you go to the bathroom and there's a camera in the stall, like that's crazy. Or you're at a fan meet and your fan has a camera in their classes. Like these are just like, there's just something really, really sinister and diabolical about the way that they do things all because they feel like they're entitled to the bodies of women and children. And it's just so disgusting. And it's, it's, like there's there's nothing to be done as you said like i don't care who's involved it could be the friggin president prime minister i don't know what korea has but it president well it's a president right um it could be the president of korea he should get the electric care if he's in involved in this um everybody involved should be just you know like don't put them in jail don't don't find them just end their lives like <laughs> i don't see how they benefit society i don't see how anything that they have done could balance out the pain and the destruction that they've caused these women and these kids and the people who are going to have to live with it for the rest of their lives, um, whether, you know, they pay fee or not. And another really troubling aspect of it is that the judge involved in this case is the one who um, pretty much tapped Guhara's ex on, on his wrist um, during his assault case. So nobody is expecting the, these people to get really much punishment um because of the fact that he i don't know if he knows people or he just doesn't give a shit but he is another disgusting piece of shit that i hope also gets you know punishment for what he's done i like i try very hard to be very understanding about a lot of things but i just there's no justification for creating these rooms and abusing people and then like not even just you know, spying on these people and these women and whatnot, but using their identities to further inflict pain and suffering on these, these women and kids. Like what? Yeah, no, as I said, electric chair for everybody involved um, in whether it's in Korea, Japan, China, Canada, the United States, I don't care where they are. Just, just snuff them out. Um, we already got Corona. So, I mean, if Corona wants to do us all a favor, she can do she, she can actually do that as well too. Yeah, I just don't want to live in a world where these people are still here. And I understand like, you know, obviously human, you know, there's a lot of different types of humans and, you know, fear is not a thing that exists in the natural order, blah, 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 blah. But I mean, if I had my way, they'd, they'd all be just done. <laughs> It'd yeah. be like death note. I'd be writing their names in my death note. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Like I just... <sighs> I just don't have anything. I feel like a lot of people have like these really complex conversations about these types of things. And I just like, for me, I'm, I'm pretty black and white, you know, like you abuse children, you abuse women, you abuse men, you abuse anybody. Like, like you should just not be here. <laughs> I don't, I don't see how like paying a $2,000 fine is going to 
fix it and make your, you know, make you see the error of your ways. Right. It's not. And I really hated too. Then the guy got caught. He was all like, thank you for stopping me because I would have never stopped on my own. Oh yeah. What? What? Like, dude, can I shoot you in the face? Like, that's actually what I thought when I read that. Yeah. Disgusting. I I don't, that really took me aback. Like I, I don't, I don't really understand, like, help me to understand how somebody can, like, acknowledge this and just, like, feel this way. Like, I don't even understand that. That See, the thing is, I do just because, like, I've watched a lot of things where people, you know, they and they start doing the wrong things because they don't care. And then halfway in, they, they get really deep into it. And they're like, man, this is fucked up, but they can't get out. But at the end of the day, like, first of all, you shouldn't have done it to begin with. Second right. of all, like, even if you felt like you were at this point of no return and you really wanted to turn around, like you could have at any step of the way, you didn't do it for your own reasons because you're selfish and the money was coming in and you probably like you thrived on power. I mean, the whole fact that you're like, oh, we were the ones who paid to have that thing done to Bami and um, her co-star. But, you know, we we were ill experienced at it. So, you know, we'll try again. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> what What are you even talking about? Like, right. shoot that guy in the face as well. Release all these names. I want to know. I want to know who put, who who did all of these things. And I also learned something about, about something called deep fake, which I didn't even yes, know was a thing. You never seen deep know, fakes are creepy. I did not know that was a thing, but that is so disgusting. The fact that they just put celebrity faces on these bodies and they do it so well that you're convinced that it's that person. Like and the crazy thing about deep fakes is that they could have theoretically, right? Mm-hmm. Theoretically, they could have like a very productive and artistic use. You could, you know, if they're, you know, like you could, you know, bring, I don't want to say bring back a celebrity. Let's say, I don't know, you know, rest in peace, Carrie Fisher. But let's say she, she had said but prior to her um, death, you know, I want to always be Leia. Well, you can use deep fakes to have Leia still always be here. It, yeah. The fact that like people think of using technology, obviously any technology you can use for evil, but the fact, I don't know, like people get so creepy, like, I don't even know how people think of these things. It's crazy to me. Yep. It's strange. It's like so creepy and weird. And you have to question who you are as a person to even think of something like that. Well, and they're saying as another layer to the whole scandal is that a lot of female idols are victims in this whole thing as well, because their images were used to make deep fake pornography. And so there are a lot of professionally made videos and pictures that are off of this um, in that, you know, may hurt their images and the labels of the artists are, you know, trying to figure out, you know, how to resolve the issue so that these things don't get out. Um, I just don't understand that there's like actual porn you can watch. Like, why do you need to do that to these innocent people who don't because want to be involved in this? It's it's entitlement. It's this power trip. Like men, a lot of these men, and I mean, obviously there's probably women involved as well too. I wouldn't put that past it. But a lot of times men are, they feel entitled to women's bodies and to, you know, just their desires, whatever their desires is, because society tells men that what they want is, is something that they deserve whether or not they deserve it. Like that is why that they, they are so quick to be upset. Like when, what was it? They reboot, uh, they did a reboot for um, Shira 
And they were mad that it wasn't sexual enough because her, her character looked younger and she didn't have like the older look with like the sexy costume. They were mad because they couldn't sexualize her. It was the same thing with Birds of Prey. They were mad because they couldn't sexualize Harley Quinn the way that they could in Suicide Squad. And it's this sense of entitlement where people, society tells men, like, everything they want is within their reach. Everything they want is right. It's fine. It's 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 not creepy and gross and disgusting. Misogyny is not a real thing. And so that's why you have a lot of these situations where it's, like, okay to put, like, a porn star's body on, like, I don't know, like, a 15-year-old with a 15-year-old's face. Like, what? Do you not see how creepy that is? Clearly, these people want to be destructive. And I don't think that they should get any sort of clemency or or any sort of leniency where their faces and their names are not um, exposed. Because I feel like they deserve to be exposed. They deserve for people to see them for who they are and what they are. And I mean, live in it. Live with the consequences of your actions. If that means you're fired, you go to jail, like you deserve it. You knew it was legal. That's why you're doing it this way that you're doing it. So, yeah. I um I don't think they should reveal the names of the victims. I do feel like that uh, I do feel that they should um put some sort of gag on the names of the victims especially since there are children involved. Uh and you know how Korean culture is, you know regardless of the fact that they are victims, there'll always be an ex by their name if people find out. Like that's unfortunately just what's going to happen. So I do feel like the only names that should be protected are the victims and that the public should know everybody, all of the men and women and any, any perpetrators should be involved. It should be, and should that are involved, sorry, should be revealed. And um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's uh, creepy, disgusting. I, I think that Korea needs to change their laws on sexual violence and assaults and um, pedophilia and all of the things. And I'm tired. Like you said, I'm tired of seeing people get away with things with a fine. That's not that's that's not going to cut it. That's just not going to cut it. Nope. So that that was uh, I mean, that's kind of my thoughts on it. I, you know. Like, you know, hopefully as the story develops, we get, you know, those people exposed. Um, Okay. Well, moving on to YG Entertainment, as if they can't dig a hole big enough. Apparently, in February of last year, media reported that YG had bribed a reporter, a reporter named Kim. 100 million won to silence reports regarding Sungri's drunk driving and drug abuse in 2017. At the time, YG Entertainment denied the allegations, calling them groundless. But SBS was able to obtain detailed testimonies from four officials close to the reporter that YG did indeed bribe him to stop reporting on Sungri. So... The case here is that the YGE bribed this reporter not to to talk about Sungri. He probably did. Is anything going to be done about it? Probably not. 
Um, at this point, I mean, with everything that's happened and the slap on the wrist that everyone's gotten, it, I just don't see how, I mean, it's not going to change public perception of YGE, which is that they're a dumpster fire. I mean, yeah, it'll probably make people even more suspicious of them, but as far as them personally, you know, the only damage I can see maybe is to their stocks is, you know, public trust in the company continues to go down. But as far as any personal any of them actually having to, you know, have personal consequences for the things that they've done. I, I don't see it happening, unfortunately. Um, if Burning Sun didn't do it, then this isn't this isn't gonna do it. That's unfortunately how I feel. Um, you know, the authorities are also in on it, and if they don't want to, you know, they're not willing to go ahead and make the arrest and, and prosecute them for these things, then it's not going to happen. What do you guys feel about this? Nat, I know you are the VIP here. <laughs> I, like, what's surprising about this? I mean, I guess my only surprise is that they picked a, a journalist that had a big mouth. I feel like I assume that YG was smarter than that since he's able to keep a lot of the stuff under wraps for so long. But the fact that like they picked somebody who clearly didn't care about an NDA, clearly didn't care about um, any sort of repercussions he could face for taking a bribe. It's, it just seems really sloppy, to be quite honest with you. And um, nothing with what they've done so far has been sloppy. So I'm just a bit more surprised about that. Uh, but outside of this, I... We already know that through the whole BI thing that they bribe people. That's what they do. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't see anything coming out of this because nothing came out of Burning Sun. So the Korean justice system is a joke. Is kind of the like what what I'm getting from all of this at the end of the day. I mean, our last or our past two stories are basically about how the Korean justice system has failed their people so i mean i i see a lot of netizens who are kind of like well nothing's gonna happen and i feel like they're already disillusioned with their own justice system and i feel really bad about that because they you know they live there that's sort of something that they have to live with um but i don't know i just <laughs> yg is a shady guy and it's a shady company so i don't know i just yeah. Like with YG, I mean, he's rich enough that I, I don't think he'll ever pay for anything. And if he does, it's going to be very far in the future after there's so many things that have happened that they can't pay it away. I think that will probably be what's going to happen to him. Um, with Sungri, I think Sungri will be fine when he comes back. And uh, I know I just kind of hope that Big Bang pretty much erases him forever. So that's just <laughs> how I feel about this. I hope we have better, to like more upbeat topics after this. Right, like, because I was like really upset. I, I would, I would rather talk about something that I don't care at all about. Not yeah. saying that the, no, I when I say I'd rather, obviously it's important to talk about these issues, and I'm glad that we are. It's so important to bring this to light. 
it, it's just very, very disheartening. Like, it just makes you lose hope in humanity yeah, in many ways. Absolutely. And we're already going through a pandemic. I mean, like, right, I just kind of want to like, yeah, it's it's already rough going. So, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, our next couple of topics at least are going to be a little bit more upbeat. Gosh. Well, if you don't mind talking about Cube Entertainment, which is another shady company, but Cube's founder is now claiming that the newest, well, the largest shareholder, the new largest shareholder of the company is doing things that even uh, quote unquote thugs wouldn't do um, with the new company. So back in February, VTGMP bought over 30% of Cube Entertainment's shares to become the company's largest stakeholder. And a month later, the CEO was ousted and new co-CEOs were appointed. They were associated with VTGMP. And uh, company founder Hong Sung Sung has recently spoke up about the new management changes. And he is basically compared them to thugs. Um, He said that in a critical time when we have to cooperate with each other for the sake of the company's artists, they are creating conflict within the company by doing things that even a gang of thugs wouldn't do. I feel truly devastated. So it feels like these people have kind of gone through and cleaned house and are running things the way maybe they're trying to try the YGE way of things since it worked so well for them for so long. Um, I don't know. It's, I mean, you know, he, all he basically kind of alludes to is that they're acting like thugs. There aren't any other allegations on his part as to what they're actually doing to the company but it's kind of concerning as far as him talking about the artist there and whether they're getting the support that they need to you know kind of flourish and you know do what they need to do to you know produce music and perform and all of those things and whether these new co-CEOs have their best interest at heart, you know, it doesn't sound like it, but then again, you know, we're getting this from the ousted CEO's point of, former CEO's point of view. So it's, you know, kind of hard to, you know, judge, hopefully, Maybe things aren't as bad as they sound, or at the very least, you know, they're not feeling the brunt of whatever it is these new stakeholder, this new stakeholder is doing with the company. I know, like, Nat, you kind of said that they needed Hannah more than Hannah needed them, Um, that this kind of proves the point. Yeah, well, I mean, I just feel like, They've been on this real downward spiral since they lost Highlight, aka Beast, and then the whole thing popped off with with Huna. And the main 
issue with the Huna and uh, Edon thing was that not only were they losing, you know, Huna, who was like their biggest idol at that point, who had stuck through the company through thick and thin, you know, like even at the extent of her relationship with her ex group members in uh, Four Minute, but they lost a really driving creative force in Pentagon because Pentagon have not been able to rebound since losing Don. I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's something that will change in the future, but it looks like they are like steadily sort of losing all of their momentum. CLC is frankly, like, I don't want to be rude, but like they're kind of too old at this point. <laughs> um, especially with no real hits and like wins very very recent wins later in their career since they changed things up but even like the changes that they made were all done at the best and with recommendations from huna so yeah i mean at this point i wouldn't be surprised if huna is making more money as a solo artist than their groups combined uh i I guess their only saving grace right now is silent g idol uh but I don't know, like, I feel like Queendom really showed their flaws a lot. And um, I don't know if how, I don't think they've really had a hit single since La Tata. So that's another sort of thing that they need to kind of deal with. And it's weird because they had this talk about them doing an English debut. And, but I don't think this single has been promoted as an English debut. So that's even more puzzling. I don't know if it's the change in management and all the backstage drama that's affecting that, but. It sounds like things are definitely a bit fishy at Cube right now. And it's crazy because Cube was like a contender for top three, um, like a big three, like back in the day. And now it's like they're just in shambles. And I don't know. I don't think that they'll ever regain that ground unless they have like a really, really, really popular group um, from the jump. But like Silent G Idol isn't even like a top fourth gen group. So (laughs) it. It is very strange, uh, and we'll see kind of how this plays out. I mean, when you have a company and you dilute the stock because you you know you want to make money and you want to like get more investments and stuff like that, this is what happens. Conglomerates buy you out and they start making changes. So, and now he's out of his job. So I don't know. Like I can't really feel bad for the CEO of Cube because I really just in general don't feel bad for CEOs. So. <laughs> It, it is what it is. I just do. I do hope that the idols themselves are not suffering and the staff is not suffering either um, with all of this uncertainty and stress and COVID on top of it. Like, it seems like a lot of really negative things are happening at this time. So I do hope that it clears up and that everybody is, you know, being paid and stress free and they're able to sort of, you know, make the music that they want to make. We'll see. All right. Well, on to the next, former FT Island member Choi Jong-hoon is already set to serve five years in prison for his role in multiple gang rapes. And it was recently announced that he is going to additionally serve two years probation as a result of the sentencing for alleged bribery of police after drunk driving and spreading illegal footage. So he is um, basically getting probation for expressing his intent to bribe a public official for his personal gain. And 
it says here, trying to damage the fairness regarding drunk driving control and trust in society. Um, so essentially his 2016 drunk driving case um, that basically was kind of unnoticed by the public, you know, he's getting sentenced for trying to bribe a police officer, you know, in that case, you know, that was kind of smoothed over by probably the police who cleared themselves of any wrongdoing. So, you know, this is just another issue of there's probably bigger issues with the, you know, police here that aren't being explored, even though he definitely on his part did something wrong and, you know, should, you know, probably maybe get more than two years probation, even though he's already spending five years in prison for this other, um, for the um, Wilka chats and everything else that he was involved in. But, you know, there is kind of the, it's kind of being alluded to as well that, you know, his bribery worked, you know, essentially. And, you know, while he's getting the probation, the police officers aren't getting any kind of retribution for what happened as well. You know, I don't really know the members in FT Island that well, but I do remember them being kind of a popular group back in the day. And it's kind of wild to think that one of their members is was involved in something like this and is going to serve time in prison for his role in, in what happened. So, yeah. Any thoughts on this case? I like to share. I, I feel like I'm just going to say that for everybody. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Especially like when I, I totally forgot about this guy for a while. And then I was looking at the case and it was like gang rapes and shit. I was like, um, yeah, you, you just need to not breathe anymore. So, um, but I, <laughs> The crazy thing is that he still has fans. Like, I remember stories about um, another member of FT Island. Um, I think it was, like, a more popular member of FT Island who um, was, like, this dude's not in the group anymore. Great, bye. And the fans were, like, upset. Or some fans were upset about the fact that he was just, like, I don't give a shit. I, this person sucks. I think it's Lee Hongi, you know, who was kind of, like... Um, He's an ex-member of my group. I don't know him anymore. I don't condone this behavior. I don't want anything to do with it. And they were fans who were just like not happy about it, which is crazy when you think about that. Because yeah. this guy committed like actual crimes. I really do want people to shame them. And I want people in, you know, who have power, who have powerful voices to be like, no, this is not all right. And I don't have to, you know, put wrap it up in like a bow and act like it's okay because it's not so um i don't know i just kind of feel like he gets you know this guy definitely has what's coming to him um and a lot of people sorry i'm reading i'm actually looking at um yeah so a fan had con had wrote has written on lee hunky's um like instagram while lee hunky and his stylist are having fun in hawaii Cho Jong-hoon is in jail. Are you okay with that? Do you sleep well? And Lee Hung-ki was like, I eat well, I sleep well, and I even poop well. See, that's that's the energy that I need. 
I need from these people to be like, I, I need Big Bang to be like, no. I mean, at this point, there is probably more evidence that Big Bang knew about all this stuff and probably didn't give a shit. And that's probably why they, they have nothing to say on the Sunkry matter. Um, but I need more idols and more people in powerful positions to actually say, no, it is not okay. Let's do something about it. So, and like, that's why I did really respect Highlight. As soon as it came out that, you know, that lead rapper guy from that group um, had been involved with the golden phone and all this shit, they kicked him out and he went to the army. Like it was an open and shut case. Like we don't allow it. We don't want this. Let's, let's be firm about it. And so much respect to Leon Key because, you know, he's doing what we really need to see people doing. Um, And for (sighs) Chao Junghoon, just rot. That's all I have to say. Just rot. I hope you never have a career again. All right. Well, happy news. Happy news. Joe Kwan has returned from the military and he did the only fabulous thing he could possibly do upon returning home is he did a flip the switch challenge with Gina Meng to Drake's nonstop and then dropped a cover of Twice's Feel Special in Heels, of course. And he posted on Instagram and Twice liked it and he looked fabulous and um in his first interview out of the military he told SBS that nobody seemed to take nobody took his diva image among the Hubeis while he was serving and he seemed disappointed by that so he decided he's just gonna go on as diva Joe Kwan uh so yeah I don't think anybody's anybody is um disappointed by that I think we all need a little bit of diva Joe Kwan in our lives right now if you have not seen him perform Feel Special in Heels, please do. He's so fun. I feel like the it's the breath of fresh air we need. And he was shocked that there weren't really any, you know, boys, male idols really doing that once he went to the military. Um, and honestly, I'm kind of shocked, too. The only other person, though, I will say that, like, I feel like consistently just, like, just kills girl group dances is Key. Like, <laughs> Key's really good. Um but no, I agree um, that it's kind of like, huh, why didn't no other, you know, people just say, I, you know, what? I will, I do remember, I think it was like a new group boy group doing like a girl group dance or something like that. But I don't know, people just don't, they don't like do it on variety or, any, or anything or like award shows or, and, and I don't get me wrong. There's like a fine line between doing girl group dances and then just being like an a-hole. <laughs> about it um i feel like joe Kwan is like like sincerely does them and like actually learns them instead of just being i don't know there's like certain boy groups that just take that opportunity to go oh let's just dress up as girls and do that and it's just like you know what you're doing whereas i feel like when joe Kwan does it even if he like puts on heels that's just because like he's i don't know it doesn't come off as like like forced you know what I mean? It comes off as like he sincerely is like trying to kill this dance. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? I'm actually curious about that now. I had seen actually on Twitter, there were some discussions about some boy band group member who did a lot of female dance 
covers. And I think they were saying like he does it in a way that's exaggerated. Maybe it's more like, you know, black men in drag, like that kind of thing. Like, um, what's that? There are actually a lot of arguments. I feel like people being at home is just like not good for K-pop. Um, <laughs> uh, but like there were a lot of like discussions about like um, people arguing, saying that, you know, this guy is doing all these girl, like he's doing it in like an exaggerated, more of like a mockery um, versus, you know, someone who's just doing it because it's fun. Mm-hmm. Like, so I, I I can see how like it can kind of blur the line because I too am tired of Tyler Perry putting on a wig and, you know, just pretending to be an old black lady, you know, for jokes. Yeah, just, it's like, like a there's walking stereotype. It's unoriginal. It's it's boring. Like you 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 haven't come up with anything fresh to say. No, exactly. So I feel like I get that and I do agree mm-hmm. that Joe Kwan is like he's just living his best life. I mean Right. It just good. it comes off as really authentic. Yeah, he yeah. looks good. He looks good. He he he's actually enjoying himself and he you know he cares about doing it properly. So I feel like that's like the main thing that I enjoy from him. And he's gonna be on um what's that show? Um Knowing Bros. I think it's Knowing Bros. With uh 2 PM's uh I think it's William. Um, but that's gonna be exciting because oh, 2 p.m. and 2 a.m., you know, Joe Kwan's from 2 a.m. They have history. They were on a reality show together and then they split it into like a dance performance group and like a ballad group. Joe Kwan is from the ballad version, which is 2 a.m. Uh, so it's it's actually kind of exciting to see them together. And then I think they're gonna be on with a member, a former member of Block B. Is Block B still a group? I don't know. Wait, <laughs> oh, <but laughs> that's like a really good question. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and Minnow from Winter, I think, are going to be on it because um, they're friends. Uh, so it's going to be actually really interesting to see them all together. And it looks like it's going to be a fun episode, especially since Heechul is also like well known for like doing like a lot of girl group dances and like being really good friends with a lot of girl group members. So that's going to be pretty exciting to watch. And it looks like everybody has a good time because um, I think with Joe Kwan, you know, it's very easy to be um for like a lot of men especially like lesser men who are hyper masculine uh to sort of get uncomfortable and want to make easy jokes and things like that so but it looks like it's actually like more of a fun time and everybody sort of have they have a good time because joe kwan is actually really good at like variety yeah it just looks like it's going to be a good time anyway so uh i'm excited for him to be back and to see that he's also making so much content that is there to just be enjoyed but um yeah no (laughs) i'm happy that we're not talking about rape and assault and things like that thank you joke oh nat with the war flashback (laughs) i didn't have to hear you say that did you see the next subject so (laughs) no wait let me see sorry sorry for the whiplash um (laughs) jeez but uh should be brief. In the saga of Toilet Yuchun, he um back in September of last year, he was ordered to pay the victim of his alleged sexual assault around forty thousand. Uh he didn't bother to defend himself then. And now he's in trouble because he's not trying to pay her either. So because he is not um, paying the 40000 um that 
she is old, he's facing a detention judgment trial. And it doesn't say when this is supposed to take place, but it would maybe explain why those overpriced photo books came into play and maybe why he's trying to get some extra money. He has money! JYJ made so much money in Japan. They all have money. Like, there's no way this guy is broke. No way. Unless he had, like, really shitty financial advice. Wait a second. You, hey, that's not nice. You trying is from JYJ? Yeah, he's the one. With Jeju? Yeah, he's the Y and J. Oh my. That was <laughs> taking L after L. <laughs> I never knew that. Did you not see my comment? I I made a comment. I can't remember if I did it to you in like um private messaging or if it was on maybe it was on our Twitter account. I was like, you know, it's making more and more sense why these three were the ones that left and those two were the ones that stayed. Because you do not hear about these things from the remaining members of TVXQ. You know, and Changmin? Yeah. You don't hear anything about them except for the fact that Yunho is like always creating shit. He just got a patent for like a mask that has a, a like a straw in it so you can wear your mask and still drink your juice. But he, like, if you, he was on a variety when he came back from the army and he was talking about how he just like creates things and patents them. Like, I mean, that's, like, that's all he does. So then you can just sue people yeah. <laughs> and make money yeah. from suing people. Yeah, that's all he does. And, and like, Chayman, the I mean, what can you say about him being in the news? Oh, he has a solo coming out and he's dating a non-celebrity. That's all you can I say. Mean, that's that's really it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then look at JYJ in comparison. Because <laughs> like, SM got that on lock, though. Except for Honestly, the other J. I would be, the other J's not bad. Yeah. I, I haven't I heard remember. nothing about him. So, so far. I don't, so far. Does he, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm but not trusting it. I'm actually just not trusting it right now. Facts. We'll see. But yeah, um, you know, Toilet should go to jail. I hope he does go to jail. Um, and pay her what you owe her. And it's weird because I keep seeing people write alleged, but I feel like he was convicted yeah, you don't need to say, you don't need to write a list. Yeah, I feel like he is found guilty because he's paying this girl. So, right. Like, <laughs> he did not. Or did they settle? Ashley, yeah. sh- did they settle? Huh? Did they settle him and Yuchen and the girl? Or was he found guilty? I actually don't know that. Next, that was yeah, I feel like it was a, a case where, like, she. It was a damages lawsuit by his second sexual assault accuser. Um, He didn't bother responding to the suit, so the court ordered him to pay compensation. The fact that he didn't respond... Okay, this might sound really, really, like, strange to y'all, but most cases, they always say this, like, you know, you gotta be prepared to never go to court or whatever because most cases end in settlements or they end in, like, summary judgment. So... Um, I don't take settlements as like an admission of guilt. However, in this situation, I don't take the settlement as an admission of guilt. I take him refusing to, to respond as an admission of guilt. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, nah, that's even more sus to me. You should have just responded to the suit, buddy. And he did, he had a fan meet in January. I hope they kind of got Corona just because oh. I don't understand why you would do that. Like, especially in Thailand where I'm pretty sure they were supposed to be under lockdown or quarantine by that point. Mm-hmm. yeah okay well this how i'm gonna just say this 
this has come from Jim and guys. Um, I have no comment on what Nat just said, but I will say, (laughs) (laughs) but I will say that um, it is very important that you don't support people like you should. It is also very, if these allegations are true, or if you out here in these streets, um, when you're, when people are telling you to stay at home, if you're out here in these streets, maybe Corona is not such a bad thing because at least Corona will keep you in the house. So at the very least, I mean, at the very least. do not put other people in harm's way because you don't care about your own health or you care more about an actual toilet than you do other people's health. You know what? We will get to more Corona talk later. Yes. Talk about changing. Mm-hmm. Okay, let, let, let's yes. just talk about right. right out yeah let's it. just talk about it okay sure, um, sure. we we, we they, can uh move on down the list yeah i think well, he's like the last thing on the list but we can talk about I mean, it right now he, only because he was like last at it wasn't yeah. you know yeah of course. order thing i just was like this is the last one jay june kim jay june of jyj was forced to make an apology on his Instagram after making a little April Fool's joke where he said that he had coronavirus. And all his fans were shocked and worried and da da And then he was like, April Fool's. And people were not laughing. So he posted an apology letter on his Instagram apologized and said that it was aware there was something that shouldn't be done. Um, It was bad judgment. Um, He apologized to the government agencies and medical professionals and said a lot of stuff in his note about how bad COVID-19 was and all the stuff that was going on. Um, didn't really say why he decided that he thought it was a good idea to make a April Fool's Day joke about COVID-19, but there you go. Uh, even though he apologized, it looked like he still might get in some real trouble because a representative from Korea Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, or the KCDC, um, spoke to a news outlet and said that they are currently looking into the case regarding Kim Jae-jung and that because it involves the spread of false information, that they're discussing how the punishment will be carried out. And they explained that it's possible to punish those who are reported for inciting disorder by continually making malicious prank phone calls to the epidemic prevention authorities. However, this case is something done by a celebrity on social media. And so it seems more internal discussion is required. And it says that According to current law, if someone deceives a government employee or institution and therefore disrupts the performance of their duties, they could face a maximum of five years in prison or a fine of a maximum of 10 million won, approximately $8,090. This act is referred to as an obstruction of performance of official duties by fraudulent means. And there's also a petition filed on the Presidential Blue House's website titled, Please Punish Celebrity Kim for His April Fool's Day Prank. Um, (laughs) well, yeah, I feel like this ain't even dumb. This is like, it's like another 
I don't even know how to characterize this because dumb would imply that you are genuinely ignorant to, to like the consequences. <laughs> like it would imply that you really don't know. Uh, he knows. Absolutely. He knew. Absolutely. Did he care? <laughs> uh, he just thought it would be funny. It's not funny. People are um, I feel like what people fail to realize too is there's a way that you can like find humor in like a terrible situation, you know, in terms of like if you know you don't, you know, there's obviously I don't know, like there, there's people who go through things and who have experienced things and they can find humor in it, you know. Um and I believe that that's something that can happen. I don't, I'm not one of those people that thinks that, you know, for example, some people who are depressed, they can find humor in jokes about being depressed. The key thing there is being what you are, right? And in addition to that, it's also, you also need to make sure that you're making a statement and critiquing something. Th this was none of that. This, I, I don't even know how to describe this. This is like, if you were to look up in a dictionary, the definition of the word careless, reckless, um, they, I mean, any synonym of those terms, you would find Jejun's picture. This is an individual that did not care. He didn't care about what this does to people. Um, I, of course, there's the whole aspect of, you know, people are actually dying. Right. But then there's a whole other aspect of like, there are like hundreds of thousands of people that actually care about this man. You know what I mean? Like deeply. So for you to do that, like that's traumatizing to people, especially given a situation where it's not at all uncommon for people to hear about losing their favorite idols, you know. I just, you know, think back to, you know, the unfortunate passing of Sully and the unfortunate passing of Jonghyun and what that did to those fans, you know. So when you do something like this, it really does scare your fans. It true. And, and I don't, you know, people might think that, you know, why do these fans care so much? It doesn't honestly like if somebody if you feel like somebody touches you, your life and changed your life because of their music or their presence or something, that's valid. That's really valid. Um, it doesn't matter what kind of music they make. That's valid. You know, I, I don't take that away from people. So for you to joke like this, how? Like, how did you not see the, the consequences? What about this made you feel like it was a good idea? People are dying. People can't afford their rent. People can't afford their bills. People are being fired. People who are, you know, blessed enough to work are overworked and put in dangerous situations. Like, it's not really a joke. And it could be, you know, self-deprecating, which is basically what Twitter is doing at this point. Right. <laughs> but like there's people it wasn't. who are finding humor in the unfortunate situation and that I've seen that have been tasteful, you know, that it's been absolutely. funny, relatable, and not at all offensive to people who are dying yeah, from absolutely. this. Absolutely. And this, like, I don't understand why, like how you could think it's funny. Like your fans love you. They adore you. They've stuck through a lot of stuff to be your fans. Why would you think that you having this potentially fatal disease or virus, sorry, will, um, or infection, sorry, it, why would you think that be something that would be funny to these people? You know, like 
it because I feel like that would be one of the higher like one of the the most prominent or or um higher up names for an infected person in Korea yeah you got it so I feel like you know um with all the way that people you know people obviously in the lower end of the um financial um spectrum they're suffering you know you making that joke is tasteless it's stupid as you said like it's it is just so ignorant and i mean i liked jejun i i you know i mean i'm not a jyj fan i'm not a tvxq fan but i always liked him he was in protect the boss which is one of my favorite dramas of all time and i've always kind of thought he was cute and i follow him on instagram and i mean like i was kind of like i knew he was a bit messy but this is just so like like when i saw it i just left such this like gross taste in my mouth it was just so tasteless and insensitive and just so stupid and i i don't feel sorry for anything that he's going through right now i don't i Me just either. i absolutely don't i've seen so many stories of people on twitter talking about family members friends coworkers who have died from COVID-19. I just don't see any humor in anything that he tried to do. And this will just be a lesson for him. I mean, we're talking like a, what seems to be the theme right now in this podcast is, you know, punishment for the things that you do. And I do feel like he needs, he has to face the music and it is, it, it just is what it is. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, and, 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 and I want to be clear about something, too. I think that a lot of people, there's a lot of, you know, this whole, well, people were joking about it months ago. Well, I think, I do think, too, you know, it's important to take the context into account. You know, back in January, like, all of 12 people probably actually took this seriously and knew what it was. You know, like, I, I don't think because it was looked at as like the common cold and people joke about getting the cold all the time like that's not you know you're not gonna say you're not gonna die from a cold i mean if you die from a cold you probably already were dying and then you got the cold right yeah now now we there's like a whole different world around it we know what it is we know what it's been doing and we we are starting to understand more and more that it is devastating it's not what we once thought it was and then on top of that judging your celebrity like yeah. anything you say is is in, in almost every word that comes out of your mouth is important because you have that platform so and for him in his little kind of letter um, if I'm not mistaken, to sort of allude to him, you know, to this being some sort of thing to raise awareness. How does this raise awareness? First and foremost, we're already aware. So what are you raising awareness for? Like, we literally already know what it is. Yep. I, I just, yeah, I mean, he knows what the death toll is and he knows, like, how it's completely fucked everything. There's no Wimbledon. There's no... French Open, there's no Olympics. And I mean, like, these are just like things that should affect him because he's in the, in the entertainment sort of like industry. These are all entertainment things. So even if he didn't care about people dying and, you know, not being able to pay their bills, the least he could do is be sort of cognizant of like how it's affecting his, his industry and how like they don't have 
audiences at music shows and you know people are having to cancel concerts and things and fan meets and all these different things like there like there are actual repercussions in the industry that you are in what is wrong with you and and (laughs) also this is one of those situations too just to you know kind of continue on the same line this is one of those situations where if he had been about 20 years younger i might have excused it yeah, because I can reasonably see like a teenager making this kind of mistake just because I I know personally teenagers and kids who don't understand this. They truly don't. They've never like to them. They're just out of school. They don't understand. Jeju is 34. He is 30. He, this man was born in 1986. He was born before some of his fans were even thought of. I just don't understand it. Like, how can you be 34 years old and this is your joke? This is your April Fool's Day prank. In this climate we're living in, like you said, being an entertainer, being that he is specifically affected by it, he's literally like popular in an area that I feel like their public is going to take it more seriously in many ways. I think the Korean public would have way more backlash for him than our public would for some of our dumb celebrities just because of how they, how seriously they're taking it. They're closer to, you know, kind of ground zero too, in a sense. Absolutely. I don't see how his career, he should write a book on how to kill your career overnight. You know, <laughs> yeah, I feel like him and Yuchin should get together and, you know, do that since I, I don't see them. And the crazy thing is he was slowly making his way back into the Korean sort of um, sphere. He had done that reality show, I think, where he showed his place. I don't know if it was him or Jensu, but it was one of them. But like they were slowly making their way back into, you know, the Korean entertainment scene. So for this to happen now, like, I just don't even know what to say, sir. Like, you fucked up. Got yeah, history has taught us that Koreans, they, they, there are certain things that they will cancel you over and that you can never recover from. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he would be able to recover from this. I think it would be hard. It's, it, would, it would take a lot for them to forgive him. I personally won't ever forget. <laughs> yeah, you know, they say about like Twitter, Twitter doesn't forget. I won't forget that this is like, this is so, this is to me like, you know, there's certain things I don't forget. Like if an idol is problematic, this is falls in the category of problematic to me. So. Yep. Okay. So Pledis, another company that is not doing so well at the moment is trying to sue um, former Kristen and IOI member Kyo Kyung for breach of contract. Um, They're claiming that in September 2019, uh, she sent a baseless notion of notice of termination via mail, email, and instant messenger and is avoiding any communication with the employees of Pledis and XCSS Entertainment, which was her Chinese management company. And since then, she has been excluding Pledis and independently appearing in dramas, variety shows, advertisements in China, and promoting in the entertainment field very actively, 
while they say she's violating their exclusive contract. So they go on to say, therefore, we are in a position in which we must take legal action by taking measures such as a lawsuit to confirm the validity of our exclusive contract with Kyokyung. XCSS Entertainment has already filed lawsuits in China requesting that she carry out the exclusive contract and to demand compensation. And they basically, yeah, saying that she is cut ties with them with and without letting them know or trying to, you know, work her way out of her contract. So um, she released, Kilkan released her own statement on uh, Weibo and didn't really say a whole lot. She says that she formally sent a proposal term of termination of her artist contract to Plytus and XCSS in September of 2019. And then she said that she thought the two sides should solve it by themselves according to the law and she didn't and she didn't want a personal matter to disturb everyone. And then she goes on to say, I think the companies for their kindness in the past, and I hope that each will get better in the future. So she doesn't really say a lot other than she says that she gave them a formal letter of termination. And they're obviously saying that she did not give them any kind of notice before jetting off and cutting her ties with them. Considering the type of company Plutus is, I don't really blame her, but, you know, with legal issues, you know, such as contracts, you can't really just, you know, leave without, you know, making some sort of arrangement. So um, they're going to make sure they get their money. So hopefully it can get worked out. I mean, it sounds like she's getting work in China. And it would be a shame if this situation with XCSS, XCSS and Pledis would stifle her career there. So hopefully she gets all that sorted out soon. Now, going from that into more Produce 101 news. Um, the second trial in the Produce 101 case with the producer-director Ahn Jun Young and chief producer Kim Young-bum and PD Lee Min-kyung um, was held on March 23rd. They're charged with manipulating text voting results and agency representatives who are accused of offering bribes to them. They basically admitted during the second trial that they did most of what they're being accused of, but that they did not take any bribes, um, that they did not accept any bribes from any agencies and that when they did meet with agency representatives, it was just over drinks and just as friends. And it wasn't any bribery involved. And there's one more trial that's set to be held on April 7th. So 
there's that. And finally, Kong Daniel has recorded the highest album sales for, well, highest, I should say, highest sales for albums released in 2020 by male sol soloist on Hanteo with um, Cyan. It released on March 24th. And it achieved a real-time daily sales amount of 52,046 copies, making its cumulative sales soar to 215,395 copies. So his album had the highest cumulative sales among albums released by all male soloists in 2020. And he's the fourth artist overall to surpass 200,000 album sales for all new releases this year. And he's the only K-pop soloist to do so. And that makes Cyan the fourth highest selling album in the year so far. Yeah. Is there any thoughts on those three items? Yeah. I know we talked about Colin Daniel earlier because we listened to his, um, his song. I I know I think it's really cool. I mean, it's kind of expected that he would have those types of numbers given I mean who's really who's he really competing with? But at the same time, I really like Kong Daniel um so far in terms of like what not not necessarily the music, but just like what I feel he brings um to the table. So yeah, I mean that's pretty cool. What about you, Nat? Any thoughts? I never really got the King Daniel thing. Um, sorry, Kong Daniel thing. I just, yeah, I never really got it. I, I didn't really get one one either, though. So <laughs> it could just be that I haven't had. No, that's like, totally fair. Yeah. I didn't so, get one one And at first I didn't get Kong Daniel. I still kind of yeah. don't. But like, I'm just saying, like, he doesn't seem like a horrible person to me. No, so. no, no, absolutely not. And I mean, we already spoke about how lucky he is pretty much. So I have no like negative feelings towards Kung Daniel. Good for him, you know, to be selling that much after such a big scandal. Um, you know, especially as a, a young male idol to be in a high profile relationship and, you know, still be able to pull the numbers like that's commendable. So I have Great for him. Um, about Pledis and Pristin and Kyokung. I mean, what are they going to do to her in China? <laughs> if SME really, you know, they worked very hard. And yeah, I know like they, with Luhan and with uh, Chris, they still had to pay into what to SME, you know, until their the length of their contract was up. But if you think about it, that's what they wanted to do. They just didn't want to be like, they wanted to manage their own careers, which is why they left. Um, and they came to the table saying, like, we will still give you, um, you know, a percentage of this because you did, you know, give us the platform. And SME was the one who wanted to be like, no, we don't want that. We want all of it. And what ended up happening after spending thousands, probably millions of dollars in wasting all that time, they end up just doing what <laughs> Luhan and Chris wanted to do in the beginning. And I mean, I'm pretty sure they haven't been able to touch Tao. So he's just making money and just doing his own thing. So, I mean, and this is Pledis? Come on. Okay. <laughs> like, I don't really see them doing anything to her. She is a pretty big name in China and she's making a lot of money and she is fine. 
it's kind of Planis's fault. They didn't promote Kristen. I mean, the the public wasn't really feeling them, but they did have a fan base. There are a lot of people who were really upset when Kristen, you know, fell apart. And so I kind of feel like Pledis sort of wrote this ending on their own. So now they have to reap what they sow. And about the produce drama, how it wasn't for like, it wasn't for money. It was for success. I can see that, um, you know, where success is so important that you'd be willing to, you know, cheat and lie and manipulate and things like that. Um, and like the money is just like an afterthought. You just want to have a successful show. And I can see, you know, how that could motivate people to do what they did. I mean, both are wrong. Both like the reasons are like the means don't justify those ends at all. So, you know, you're going to have to pay for it. I, I don't, I don't think they're going to pay that much for it. So it is what it is, but yeah, I, I think that um, this produce era has been a wild ride. <laughs> and I don't think it's the last that we're seeing from it or from them or from these companies or from this drama. So we'll be watching it as it unfolds. Okay. Let's move on to what Nat and Jimin consider the best group in all of K-pop. K-Tiger Zero. I should hit you with how you hit me earlier with the Dreamcatcher stuff, but I'll keep it civil. <laughs> um, they performed their new single, The Starry Night. Their first appearances on Music Bank and M Countdown. And their single, The Starry Night, is just as a digital release, but there's no MV for it at the moment. Um, lots of really neat choreography and a much uh, much calmer song than their earlier um, their earlier releases. This is definitely a much more more of a mid tempo number, and it's definitely showing off more kind of a modern modern dance kind of choreography as opposed to a lot of the um, the athleticism that they displayed before. Um, so, Nat, Jimin, anything that you would like to comment on for K-Tiger Zero? Stream their music, get them to the top of the charts. We, we love it. K-Tiger Zero. This is amazing. Um, we love to see it. And we hope that they continue on this upward trend. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, we do need a fandom name. I feel like uh, it should have something to do with martial arts. Crouching Tiger? Crouching Tigers. It could be the Crouching Tigers. See, they're, they're Tiger Zero. They're the K-Tigers and we're the Crouching Tigers. Yes. That's the That's new dope. fandom name. Crouching Tigers. I like it. I like it too. All right. <laughs> Someone Next. needs to add them. Find out what they're what they're what they are on Twitter. Or you know, it would be a super dope concept if they really did name their fandom Crouching Tigers, and then they had like a secret member, and they called him the Hidden Dragon. Oh, that would be so cool. Okay, sorry, I had to nerd out real quick. You, do you guys know that movie, by the way? Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? It's, it's like a. Yeah, um, I know the movie. I haven't never seen watched it, it but yeah. Yeah. It's like considered like one of the most like critical. It's like one of those Citizen Kane type movies where instead of calling it a movie, you have to call it a film. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay, I'm yeah, I remember when it was like really, really big. 
and popular and it was everywhere. And yeah, I don't know. I just never really watched it, but it, um, it, you know, it, it, it has its place in the yeah. culture. It, you know, there's certain films that I feel like have shaped culture, even if they're not like, even if people don't necessarily like them, yeah. it has its place. Okay. Yeah, well, K-Tigers, do what you gotta do. <laughs> All right. Stray Kids. Love Stray Kids. No. Well, Bong Chong from Stray Kids recently held a V-Live broadcast where he said some things that may have alluded to the fact that member Woo Jin would be leaving the group. He said... I know a person who had to face the worst consequence by making a lot of mistakes. And it was because of those mistakes that really affected people around him. If you make a promise with the team, you need to be responsible and really keep those promises. Stays know what I'm talking about. And then Bong Chan brought up the topic, obviously brought up team and betrayal and it kind of implies that Wujin had done something to maybe betray the group. Um, staff members apparently made him quickly stop the stream after the incident. And Wujin left the group back in October of 2019. So any thoughts on that? This guy seems messy in general. Like, yes. how do you have all of this drama and then you come on live to call out your X-Men? Like, mm, brah, you need to like... He needs to calm Who down. does that? Yeah, he needs to calm down. And it's, oh, that's messy. <laughs> what? Because so- it's like, not only is it messy because, you know, you're calling out somebody who you don't even work with anymore. Like, why, like, why would you even do something like that? But then, you know, you have to go back to work with other people who work with that person, who yeah. probably still work with that person. And you're part of a fandom who probably misses that guy. Like, why would you stir that up you know like that's, it just seems like a stupid idea that's really catty like you can have your own personal problem with that guy yeah but like like you said it's all really stupid especially when you consider that you have your own like messy like situations going on with all of your like refusal to be civil with towards things that black people you know create and popularize so it, it's like the whole situation I could you imagine like if a non Nugu idol did this like a really big idol was doing this this would be like so so distasteful like this is just not something you do I agree I mean I'll, I'll wait to see how this uh, pans out <laughs> yeah no I, I'm actually kind of in, like interested and curious because I would love to see like a real K-pop beef that's something that would take our minds off of like the world ending. Yeah. Um, it would be, and it's also something you just don't see. When's the last time you saw a really delicious K-pop beef? Yeah, I don't know. That was just like light, a lighthearted beef. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean that's the thing. We haven't had really, um, like <laughs> the last big story was like Chen's secret girlfriend slash new fiance baby mom. You know, like. I don't really want that serious. I feel like I want to dial that back a little bit. <laughs> you mean Maybe? having a baby? Yeah, like I feel like the marriage and the baby are a bit too serious. I feel like you can't mm. really joke about that stuff as much. I want to scale back. I want there to be some, you know, drama about, I don't know, like 
you know, two rappers from different groups beefing, you know, something yes. that I can laugh at, you know, <laughs> I want to something fair, I can laugh at Chin's delusional ex stands. Yeah. I think they, I think they need to be laughed at. However, I can't laugh at the man's having a baby. I mean, yeah, it's not, yeah. It's if not anything, like, it's a good thing, right? Like yeah. to have a child. Um, I do love that his Filipino fans threw him a baby shower for the baby. Because you know, yeah, you know, you those videos. They were on Twitter. Yeah, his fan base, his Filipino fan base, like they threw a like a baby shower and they had like pictures of Chen up and like they were celebrating like life, marriage, love. Like that's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Um. So next, Ash. I just want to say first before I get to this and the source I'm getting this from is an article from Korea Boo. And I just want to say that I have an issue with the headline, which is winners. Jinwoo is under fire for what some claim to be cultural appropriation. I I, I just want to say, you know, to it's whoever. So it's not surprising because that's it's tragedy. actually Korea Boo. Sorry, you know what? Korea boo, all K-pop. <laughs> now let this have been. Let this have been. Um, is is this guy from Winner a singer or a rapper? He's a singer. Okay, uh-huh. let this have been Trey Songs doing his best impression of King Sejong. We would have some problems, wouldn't we, Korea boo? Yeah. But because it's the I, other way around, you don't have a problem. Yeah, they still talk about Rihanna in that time that she did the oh the Karuchi thing. Yeah, they still talk about that whenever create like whenever um, they want to talk about how black people are offensive towards Asians. And, you know, like we are in the midst of this Corona situation. And I mean, you got a president calling it the Chinese or disease or whatever. And, you know, there's a lot of really aggressive behavior towards Asian Americans and Asians around the world, you know, from people who are blaming them for this. And that is wrong. Absolutely. That is wrong. I don't stand by it. Um, I don't feel like we should punish people for something that exists that just sort of happened in their, you know, the place that they live in. And I've had to check people in my personal life who have said some very um, offensive and racist things. Um, you know, about this disease because people are angry and people are upset and, you know, the Chinese government did try to hide it. So... Also, the Chinese government is just, like, they're absolutely liars. shady and trash. Like, did you just see, there's a report that came out, like, oh, they under they undervalued the, um, the deaths in the area and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, why are we reporting this like it's news? Like... Yeah, the they Chinese literally do not... And what yeah. kind of sucks is that it feels like America is, like, I don't, you might not notice it, but I notice it for sure. It feels like American media is like siding with China in many ways just because they hate Trump. So like, because they, you know, dislike Trump, they're saying, you know, all of these great things like, oh, China took care of it. China did this. China's great. We should follow them. And da, 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 da. And I'm like, no, two things can be trash at once. <laughs> like, <laughs> and also two. <laughs> China has state-run media. Where are you getting this news from? <laughs> like, right. like all these reports, like oh, they're cleaning the streets, and oh, there are no new um, cases in Wuhan, and they're opening malls and shit. I'm like, where are you getting this news from? From the same state-run media that like kidnapped my girl and and, and locked her up and had everybody thinking that she was dead. Like oh no. yeah, the same no state-run media that is imprisoning the Uyghurs, 
and that is ethnically millions of muslim people like what ethnically cleansing them at this at this point in time like see here's the thing as you mentioned before two things can be true at the same time asian people can be racist and anti-black but also you know you shouldn't beat up a a chinese or korean or whatever person that you see on the street because you're blaming them for corona like those two things are absolutely true <laughs> and it, it is so uncomfortable to me to yeah. see all of these like asian tiktokers and twitter personalities and youtubers say you know guys like maybe now we just start empathizing with black people i'm like oh okay huh. yeah no so i look at that i actually put a tweet out on the naya and i was like it's very interesting that asians are discovering racism for the first time i'm like like did y'all think you were white this whole time or did you just not care because you thought you're black, you're better than black people? Because I feel like Thanks. it's that part. And so, like, you know, Tiffany Young can come out and be like, oh, people are being mean to Asians and Asian Americans. And that is true. Absolutely. I that is very factual. So many stories about like, you know, Asians Americans and Asians in, you know, in Americas um, who are afraid to go out of their houses because they're, you know, people in the neighborhood are, you know, treating them like their piranhas and blaming them for, for COVID and things like that. And like, that's not okay. Like for me, I only deal with facts, taking a, you know, a page out of Jimin's book. I only deal with facts. <laughs> so if you want to talk about how them eating bats and shit like that caused this, no, that's not what caused it. Because if, you know, if it's true that they're eating bats, I don't know, but I'm not here to judge people, to be honest, you know, if they want to eat. I animals. mean, yeah, I'm I don't. Here. Here's my thing. If that's the case, they probably been eating these same bats for hundreds of years. Why did we not get COVID then? You know why? You okay. know why? Because yeah. of ecological changes. Because yes. people are sh- cutting down trees, cutting down rainforests, things like that. These animals have to migrate. Now they're all mixing up, mixing up, mixing up. And that's where these new viruses, I mean, these viruses have already existed, but because these bats were probably all the way over here and these other animals were all the way over here, you know, they didn't interact and you didn't have things like COVID coming up. And so like to, to bring it back to um, like sort of tying this situation with like the Tiffany Young situation and just what I'm seeing too, is that like, I've straight up seen um, black people, like African-Americans, especially like on Twitter, just being like, um, like seeing stories of like, you know, Asian-Americans, Asian people sort of like, you know, oh, that's so bad. Everybody's so racist and blah, blah, blah. And black people just being like, oh, well, now you know what it feels like have a great day. And I mean, I get it. Like I absolutely get it because you get to a point where you're just tired. Um, and like, we know what anti-blackness looks like. There's a video going around on Twitter right now about Chinese people saying that they don't want black people in their country. So. And like, also there's like m- multiple reports going around from people who are in African countries who are talking about how Chinese people are literally like telling them they can't come into Chinese restaurants after certain hours or during certain days of the week, even though those restaurants are in their countries. Yeah. Oh, Could you imagine also, that happening I've, in the U- U.S.? I also heard a story about how they have um, like they trick Chinese women to go there, you know, for jobs and then they pretty much prostitute them. Um, and keep them as sex slaves. So, I mean, I'm not really surprised about how things are going because if you are in a country that is corrupt to that extent, um, you know, people coming in with the money can pretty much do whatever they want. Whatever they want. Like, it, it's it's really, like, you know, just to, you know, tie that all in just with this idea of, like, 
you know, oh, suddenly Asian people understand what racism is. I think that's ridiculous. And I also think, I think it's ridiculous that they felt that, it, to me, it kind of reeks of not all Asians. Uh, you know, I'm just saying there are certain people who are being like, oh, you know, I've never experienced it. It's, it reeks of like you feel superior to other minority groups because you are the people that feels, you know, you feel closer to white people. Because they're more um, minorities. So, right. Because they fit into like these spaces that black people can't access, even though, you know, black people pretty much built the West and all the wealth in the West. But um, we can't access a lot of these places. Um, but, you know, you know, white passing, fair skinned, you know, minority groups can. And so yeah. they, you know, they it, take on this sort of white supremacy um, belief system and they enforce it. And that's why, you know, like to this day, we haven't had really had many idols. I would say I could maybe count on my hand, one hand, any idol who literally said like, oh shit, I fucked up. I, this is anti-black for sure. I never meant right. to do that. I don't want to be associated. I don't want to be that person. And K-pop has been around for like 20 plus years. Like they're, and they have been racist the whole time. So <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> and, and, and for and for this to be like something, you know, yeah, Tiffany, you know, you know, that that's the situation that's going on. And you know, that's sad. But I think after all that K-pop has put black people through, I just don't know. <laughs> don't expect anything. <laughs> like I don't, <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> don't expect anybody to come caper for you because they don't have to. That's just the facts. No, absolutely. And like, that's the thing, right? Like black people do tend to sort of cape for everybody. And I'm just like, not this black girl. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I'm not sorry, actually. <laughs> but it's it's just the way that it is. Like, what, that, what does that mean to say? It's above me now. Yeah, it is above me. And, and like, honestly, a lot of this, like, it sucks. And as I said, like, I don't, I don't condone, you know, racist behavior and things like that. But also like, I got you know, there are a lot of black issues that, you know, we're still working on, we're still resolving. We generally don't get help from that. So, um, so unless I know you personally, and I know that you are putting in the work and that you are a true ally, like, I just, I can't really find it in me to care. Like, and I mean, I, I, I can, that's really all I can give you. Like, I mean, yeah, it's fucked up. Sorry, you're going through that. And that like, you know, bring out the broom and pat them on the shoulders and like call that a day. Like, yeah, that's, I mean, that's you're really entitled hard. to feel that way. Yeah. I mean, like, look at like K pop fans and, and how they're so quick to turn on black people and say things are not racist. I mean, we had the whole thing with Winter um, and, you know, it didn't affect, you know, their fandom. They didn't care. <laughs> like, why yeah, should I that give that? Is... Yeah. Like, why should and, I give a shit? I do want to say this though, um, and this is not me caping for winter at all. You know me; I don't even like winter, so <laughs> um, you, you can't don't expect that from me. But um, I want to say this to all of you stands out there of certain groups who think that this is the perfect time to trash winter, as if and we've had this conversation before. If you listen to our podcast, I've said this before. We've said this before. This is not the time where you can trash winter, but uplift your boys as if they've done nothing. Absolutely. You can take down all the, you know, racist K-pop idol videos off of Twitter and all those other places that you want, but they still exist and they didn't apologize. So 
we give people, you know, credit when credit is due. Like, I right. mean, it's not as, like, it's not like it's going to kill me to be like, oh, you know, he, he messed up and he apologized and it seemed genuine. So, you know, I'm going to try to deal with that. Like, it doesn't bother me to say that. So for the people who are delusional enough to be like, oh, he apologized. And those people who copy and paste the same, like, apology post in every, like, you know, Nanju post or whatever about this stuff, like, you, you need to stop because the thing is, he never said he was sorry. And this is from somebody who, you know, has a way with words. So if he wanted to apologize at any time, he could have. He just does not mm-hmm. want to. So I can take that as it is. And one also, also, I mean, for me, and I have been very open about this on the podcast. Uh, if somebody, you know, or a group that I like has done something offensive and you want to talk about how offensive it is and how they're trash for it and blah, blah, blah go ahead. I understand it. Like, I mean, I'm a Shinwa fan. I understand what Eric has done and I'm not, I'm not going to like defend him. Like, what am I going to do? You, you want to like write a big old post about how he's trash? Go ahead. Like I'll, I will help you edit it if you like, you know, like right. I don't, it's not <laughs> a problem for me. Like I, my self-worth is not tied to an idol that I like. Like right. it's just not, I just I'm an I'm an adult I'm and that I'm is the difference between <laughs> us and a lot of I feel you know k-pop fans particularly black k-pop fans I feel like and and it, I you know I hate to just say that it's the younger ones but a lot of times it's the younger ones they will do the whole you know coonery yep. for their favorite idols they will throw black people under the bus for their favorite idols it's not that deep nothing in life is that deep trust me because guess what you're never gonna meet them you're never going to be who, whatever your favorite group is, Stray Kids, Winner. Um, I don't care. You're never going to meet them. And even if you do meet them by some miracle, they are not going to to remember you, recognize you. They're not going to care about you because guess what? If they feel that way about one black person, what makes you think they're not going to feel that way about you? Yeah, you're not an exceptional special black person. You're, right. You're just this special person. snowflake syndrome yeah. going on with these like black K-pop fans, you guys need to get rid of that. It's not real. Look, he... Your opa does not love you. He's definitely not going to take you home to his parents. So, I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Don't think that you're the special one that's going to somehow make it out of all of the ones that it... No. Yeah, it's not going to happen. So, um, you need to get, like, let go of that fantasy and um, maybe just try not to sell out your race for um, Asian Day. Somebody that's going to be irrelevant in five years. Like, come on. Absolutely not. Um, um, So... Yeah, anything is racist. Winner is racist. Um, Tiffany Young, you know, sorry about the things you're going through. You know, hopefully you'll get through it. You know, by your merit. I don't know what else she wants me to say. I just, you know, it is what it is. Um, and uh, I think there was something else. I feel like there was like one last. So I hope you former oh, Vice oh, President Biden, Joe Biden. Referred, uh, who is running for president, uh, referred to coronavirus, was supposed to be referring to as the Wuhan virus, and referred to it as the Luhan virus, and caused Luhan to go trending on Twitter, and a lot of people to become very confused, and. I, I suppose maybe someone explained to him that it's Wuhan, not Luhan, and maybe someone explained to him that Luhan is a member of a 
boy band or a former member of a boy band called EXO. Yeah, I don't understand how you make that mistake. attention to the american um elections but i have been reading some stuff that says that biden is pretty much hitting de- dementia at this point so i mean it seems like all the candidates are bernie sanders uh joe biden and trump all of them seem to be at the dementia age so maybe that's what this is about because Honestly. i don't understand how somebody who's that who's held such a powerful position where words mean things and matter could make that kind of mistake Facts. I mean, I feel like going senile um, is like having a president go senile or a presidential candidate go senile is um, a consequence of sort of the way like our presidential system is set up. Like you can only run at a certain age, like after a certain age and not saying that, I mean, it's, it's still a young age, but it's still the fact of the matter is like overwhelmingly the people that run for president are like, clean in their 70s like like a lot of people who run for president they're not like you know on the younger end of the spectrum and there's nothing wrong with being older um except for you know i do think that it it you know what i'm at the i I don't want to sound ageist because i'm not you know i old people are a treasure i don't get how you make that mistake like you said you've held one of the most powerful positions in the world. I mean, to be somebody's vice president, to be a country's vice president, that is an extremely, that's a lot of power. Like, I I just don't get how that's a mistake that you make. Who's even calling it the Wuhan virus? Nobody. Just you, bruh. Like, or I haven't heard anybody call it that in a long time kind of thing. Right. Like, I feel like once COVID became sort of the de facto, like, term, like, people outside of you know obviously trump who called it the chinese virus or whatever for a while um he like outside of that i feel like you know um nobody was really calling it the wuhan thing so i mean i don't know what kind of statement he was trying to make by calling it that uh but it it sort of fell flat and then on top of that he screwed up the name so it was even worse because then he yeah. called it a person's name um causing that person to trend and people to make exo jokes and <laughs> it i don't know this everything is spiraling so quickly here i don't know like yeah uh shout outs to um k tiger zero of always and the crouching tigers and yes <laughs> <laughs> um shout outs to um I, I don't really uh who hasn't disappointed me <laughs> uh, shout out to all the people all the uh, huh are you shout outs to her yeah. shout outs to all the idols who have not disappointed me uh, um three of, them. <laughs> three of them ironically that includes jungkook he you know let me not say that go ahead and somebody knock on somebody would because watch him disappoint me tomorrow and i'm gonna have to <laughs> revise um really just you know shout out to everybody who's playing doing their part and you know all the essential staff out there all of the um healthcare workers um anybody who works in these industries and is out, are out there on the front lines helping people um when you don't have to be 
don't remember that. Remember that nurses and doctors. I've been seeing this thing going around this whole trend going around with people shaming. It was um, a black nurse who um, she had had cancer multiple times and her hospital wanted to place her on the COVID ward. Shout out to her for going ahead and quitting her job. You do not have to put your health at risk just because you are a healthcare professional. Okay. I, I don't believe this whole people go, well, you signed up to, you know, take care of people and do this and the other. She didn't sign up to possibly get, have her kids infected with COVID and have her life be taken by some sort of this disease, knowing that she has respiratory issues. She did not sign up for that. And I mean, it's not like they like it's it sounded too like they weren't trying to, you know, protect her either. Like, you know, at least if they were like, oh, we're going to put you on this floor, but we're going to do all of these things to make sure that you don't get this at all. Like, I would be like, I mean, I still would say no, but at least I would feel like they cared about me. <laughs> like they were just like, um, here, here's a mask, you know. Yeah, like here's a mask. Um, maybe you want to put a sheet on or something. Hand sanitizer pump is right yeah. on the door. You can put that in your pocket. And there you go. Like, it sounded like they didn't give a shit. And so, you know what? She doesn't have to. I mean, I say the same thing about teachers. Like, you want to help people? You want to be a teacher? Yes. Do you want to get shot because you want to work? No. So, I mean. Obviously, you know, shout outs to people who do continue to be on the front lines. But at the same time, that doesn't take out the shout outs to the people who had felt like that they had they needed to stop. You know, if you ever feel like you're I say this all the time. If you ever feel like your work environment is hostile, you need to leave. You need to leave. Um, You know, we're millennials. We are good at leaving things. If it's not working, I mean, you don't feed some. What's the saying? Don't water something that doesn't feed you. Like, yeah. At the end of the day. The way I look at it, too, is it, let's say that she um, let's say that she were to do something that that hospital CEO didn't like. They would have dropped her anyway. Absolutely. And you know what? None of these CEOs and stuff like that are um, out here on the front line doing what they do at all. Stock um, holders and things like that on the people on the board of the hospital. They're not on the front line doing what they need to do. So why should you like? Come on, guys. <laughs> right. Like, I'm not going to shame somebody for doing it. That's ridiculous, no, you guys. I understand not. that we need healthcare workers in this time, and that is all fine and dandy. How about you go to school and get your degree to do what she was doing, and then you go and replace her if you care so much? Absolutely. Oh, that's right. You don't care. Yeah. You don't. You just want to complain about it. So, right. um, yeah. Go away. Um, so, shout out to Ash, who's allowed us to get off topic um, quite a bit tonight um <laughs> <laughs> it is quite late guys so listen yeah. i was yawning when we started i didn't think i was gonna make it so um maybe it's because of the discussions we've been having they have been quite uh lively yeah so yes, yes um thank you once again to uh my fellow podcasters for um you know taking the time out of our depressingly <laughs> scheduled during this pandemic because you know the world comes to an end um and thanks for you guys for listening to us and hopefully you know outside of some of the heavier topics hopefully you were able to um find some joy and find some distractions with uh what we have provided entertainment wise today uh you can find us on twitter at nyan edizens you can find us on soundcloud at not your average netizens you can find us on wix uh we'll put a link somewhere uh, and you can pretty much find us everywhere that has podcasts because we 
put our stuff out there. <laughs> we we do a podcast, so <laughs> we do a podcast. So um, yeah, thank you for listening and for you know our fellow podcasters for um, a lively, very riveting, very um, somewhat depressing discussion today. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I'm not. I'm Jimmy. I'm Ash. And we are out. Bye. Bye. Stay safe.